Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. <laughs> Which, again, I could just... Do I say this every day? I could just swallow it and go... Hmm. Ah. It's good. Today is... You know what it is. It's Friday! <laughs> Friday, uh, February 12th. Valentine's weekend, I guess it is. Not something that's really on my radar. Valentine's Day is one of those holidays, air quotes, that is um, so, so much the preoccupation of people who are single. Oh, I didn't silence my phone. That was probably my mother. Yep, my mom just texted me. Good morning, it's Friday. There, sorry, I did deep pause. She just texted, my mother just texted me. Good morning, it's Friday, in all caps. So there you are, mom, on the podcast. Uh, good morning to you. Good morning to Leo. So yeah, Valentine's Day. You know, I remember it being such a thing when I was single, you know. Just so much angst and fretting and hoping and wondering and worrying. And now that I've been with the same guy for 30 years, I think that probably neither one of us was even aware that it's Valentine's weekend. It just sort of impinged on my awareness looking at the calendar. Um, but he's very sweet. Some I don't really expect anything. Some years he... Brings me a flower, a rose, chocolates. Um, not every year, and that's okay too. He is um, very sweet to me in many ways, which is why I've stuck with him for 30 years. Oh, oh this coffee. What would I do without my latte? I would bitch and complain, which you guys have heard. So today's earrings are very like other earrings. If you are a regular watcher, or listener, you will have noted that um, I have another pair of earrings almost exactly like this. These are um, little pink pearls that are dangling from, um, instead of dangling from those, like the other ones that I had the other day were from, I don't even know what to call it, you know, like that snake chain. And then these are from like a straight wire with a little bit of a bead, little hook earrings. Um, they actually don't look all that pink to me anymore. I remember that they're pink because I bought them to match this necklace, which probably in this light doesn't look pink either. Uh, although the necklace to me looks more pink than the earrings do anymore. Uh, it's a dark morning here in Santa Fe. We're supposed to get a big storm coming in tomorrow night, but it's um, very sort of low fog or high fog. Maybe it's high fog. Yeah, high fog today, a low um, ceiling, but it's it's not like clouds. It's it's very misty, foggy stuff. It was brilliant sunrise. Sometimes I wish I could do like a time lapse on the sunrise so that you guys could see the way that the light here illuminates the fog and changes colors. It's the most gorgeous show. And so I got some still photographs of it. But so yes, dark morning. Colors probably aren't showing up very well. But I bought these pearls in Hawaii. And 
Um, you know, do you guys ever do this thing where you're like on vacation in a place and you buy the, you know, like they have all those wonderful little stands, little stalls, you know, set up in different places where you can buy them. And it's so cheap. And uh, I bought these and I bought like all these different lengths of black pearls. But I think I don't have black pearl earrings anymore. I don't know if I never found, I think I kept looking for some that would work right with the necklaces and never found them. I, or I lost them, who knows. But I have all these links of black pearls. I have a bracelet and anklet and then a really long one like this and one even longer. And then a couple of shorter ones of the black pearls. And I wore them all the time in Hawaii. And some of these things are like, you wear them in the place and then you get them home and you're like, where the fuck am I going to wear all of these pearls <gasps> on my podcast? That's where, um, which anyone who's only listening can't even see, but the pearls in the necklace are pretty neat because they're irregular, um, real rub them against my teeth and they're real. Um, you know, they're not perfectly round. They're regular. And I actually like them better for that reason. The ones in the earrings are pretty, I don't know. They're kind of meh. Even though they might be like real pearls, but fake dyed. I think that's probably a thing. So that's probably why they don't look pink anymore. So anyway, there's those earrings. Probably I could get rid of these. Give them to my granddaughter or something. So let's see. Looking forward to a storm this weekend. Uh, we're supposed to get a bunch of snow. I love it if, if we get lots of snow. If it's going to be cold and gray, I'd just as soon have snow, right? Um, and I'm considering doing that Matrix trilogy rewatch. I mentioned it to David and he um, did not comment. So uh, I don't know about you guys with your partners, but uh, the the lack of comment can uh, be one of a few things. It can be the, uh, okay, I'll go along with whatever you want. Uh, it's the, um, it can be the, let me think about it. It can be the, I really don't like the sound of this idea and I'm hoping you forget about it. <laughs> So who knows? Who knows? I may watch it anyway. I'm uh, envisioning a lovely snowed in Sunday with a fire and uh, many cups of tea and watching the Matrix movies. Maybe I'll get bored of them. I do. I do get bored after a while. I'm not a good binger. I know a lot of people love to binge and I, I get bored and restless after a little while. Too much like my mother that way. I remember. Um, well, Coyote running by. Should we see if you guys can see the coyote? Mm, she's heading out pretty quick. Let's see, there's the view out the window. Oh, coyote's already out of sight. She was moving fast. You guys can see how foggy it is outside though. I heard the coyotes howling a few minutes ago. They're probably stocking up for the storm, too. Getting some bunnies. Ugh. 
All right. Excuse that grunt as I stretch to grab the laptop. My back's a little stiff this morning. Ah, I need to do me some yoga. So, one thing I wanted to talk about, um, I actually thought <laughs> of a plan today. It was a question that one of my um, mentees asked me a while ago about something that I'd said on the podcast. It's always disconcerting when somebody brings something back to you that you said on the podcast, because I know sometimes I don't finish my thoughts, maybe a lot of the time. And she asked about something I'd said, and I realized that I had left it way too open to interpretation. And it has to do with knowing when a book is done. Uh, if you are writing a novel and you're trying to determine when a book is complete, when you have revised and polished it enough, uh, because I had made the comment that Bestie Grace Straven, who is, I mean, goes without saying, the font of all wisdom, that Grace had said that she feels like having a finished book sit around unpublished is losing money. And so let me place that in context. She's speaking as someone who is a dedicated self-publisher, Yes, she has the one trad deal, but she's um, she prefers self-publishing. And she views a completed book as ready to go. And she's talking about as opposed to um, hoping that a publisher might buy it, have, you know, like sending it out on extended submission. Um what other reasons? I, I suppose if someone was querying an agent, that sort of thing. Um, I'm trying to think what other context she would think were letting the book sit around. Oh, uh, like for marketing. So like one of the strategies that self-publishers use is they um, write a whole book and then they'll write the sequel and release them close together. And it's a sound strategy. It's, um, it works, you know, like, and we've heard people, excuse me, I've been drinking my latte too fast. Now I have air in my stomach. Um, we've heard people give workshops on this. So like someone will release a book, have a cliffhanger in it and release the sequel two weeks later. Well, readers are still hungry for it. So, what this requires is that you hold on to that first book and write the second book and then release them in this order. And I know other authors who've done this with like a series that they will have written like all, you know, written the, like the first three books so that they can do that rapid release. So it's, it is a sound marketing strategy. It works. Um, and Grace's opinion I mean, really, it is her opinion, and I'm sure she'd freely say so, is that while that's a sound marketing strategy and it might work, um, and empirically, I mean, does work, that she thinks it's smarter to just have that first book be out there earning money in the first place. Now, the important thing to remember about Grace is that 
once Radiance came out, Radiance made a big splash, and it still does. Um, people cite Radiance all the time as one of their favorite books. It's easily Grace's most successful book, and it earned her an enormous platform. And when an, when an author has an enormous platform already, they have a different perspective on books and marketing because Grace can put something out there and her huge platform of readers who love, love, love her, and I would be one of them, will buy it, snap it up, give me that new Grace Draven book right now. It's different for authors who do not have a huge platform. They go about strategies differently. So that's an important thing to remember is that the strategies differ depending upon what kind of author you are. And I noticed in Publisher Rocket on uh, determining the categories. So, you know, they, they give tutorials, which is great. They're, they're very helpful. I'm, I'm a fan of Publisher Rocket. I'm a convert. Uh, that one of the things that they do is they show you the competition level for a various category or keyword. I think it's, no, it's just for keywords. Sorry. Uh, they show you the competition level for a various keyword and it's um, basically zero to a hundred scale, hundred being the most competitive. And they say in the tutorial is you have to sort of gauge what level author you are that if you are a low-level author, not very popular yet, not not big of very big of a platform, then you don't want to go for a competition level um, above like 50 or 60. Because in the Amazon algorithms, and this is all Amazon, everything is Amazon, you you'll just get crushed by the the bigger authors. If you're a mid-level author, you shoot, you know, like 60 to 80, 50 to 80, I think it was. And then if you're like a huge author, then you can go for those competition levels of 80 plus. Well, what this requires is some brutal honesty, right? Because I think we'd all like to think, oh, well, I could be an 85. I'm an 85 author. And it's like, no, really, are you more like a 55 author? You know, go look at yourself in the mirror and be like, okay, okay, Jeffy, are you an 85? Are you a 55? Uh, and in some ways, it helps to divorce it from yourself. And I talk about this a lot. You know, it's it's not me. We're, it's not, um, are you an 85? It's like, for your books on Amazon, what is your relative competitiveness? Grace, Grace is a, Grace is a 100. Grace, you are always a 10 to me. She listens to my podcast, uh, not daily, but she binges them, uh, listens to several at once. So it'd be interesting. We should have her come on sometime. She She's bitter about Instagram Live, so I'm not sure if we could get her to do that. But I, I'm confident that she would not say that I am misrepresenting her. So for Grace, putting out, having a book not on the market is losing her money. For another author, if they put their book on the market and 10 people buy it, then they're not necessarily losing money. Okay, so that's piece one of uh, the whole concept of a finished book is losing you money. 
Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. You might be better with that strategy. If And it depends on your goals. You know, if if you really want that trad deal, if you want to try to get an agent and have an agent help you build your career, then yes, use that book to try to get an agent. It's it's um it's your playing card, right? So like if you if you play games of any sort, think of that book as, you know, like your magic weapon or I don't play role playing games, sorry. Um fill in your analogy here. You know, your trump card, it's it's a valuable playing piece. It's your queen. Uh, maybe it's not a queen. I don't play chess either. <laughs> I'm bad at game analogies, aren't I? You guys know what I'm trying to say. It's a valuable playing piece. The reason why I say it's not your queen is because it's not your only one. You can always write more books. Um, you can always write more books. Believe me. Don't get caught in this loop of thinking that your one book is your precious. It's the one ring that you cannot, um, that there's nothing else like it in the universe. It's It may be wonderful, but it's not the only. We're mixing metaphors freely here this morning at first cup of coffee. That's the wages of Friday. So what all of this leads into, oh, let me finish my thought for once. Um, it is your valuable game piece. It is what you are using to try to get yourself to the next level. And unlike a video game, it depends on what you want, right? What level you're trying to get to. Use that playing piece wisely to get you to where you want to be. Um, for Grace, she will tell you that where she wants to be is in a pile of money. <laughs> I swear you guys that she would say this is true. So, so this leads into the other piece. Um, and I may go long this morning, but I started early, so we can go long. The other question, and this was my mentee's real question, is about when you know that the book is done. When is it a complete book? When is it ready to be published or to be sent out? And the reason that I would think I have to go long on this is because this is not an easy answer. Um, this is, in, in many ways, there is no answer. Let, let's go with that. Um, some ways, maybe the book is never done. It's never, uh, there is never a time when it cannot be somewhat improved upon in some way. And that is like one of the laws of nature. Um, you know, it's like, it's there with entropy. It's with entropy and the speed of light that there will always be a flaw. There will always be something in there that could have been better. And you have to arrive at this point where you are Zen with it. So if you're into math, I told you we're mixing metaphors freely this morning. You know how there's the the function that approaches infinity, never quite reaches infinity, but it approaches infinity and it grows closer and closer. And after a certain point in time, you can just say that it's equal to zero because it's so close to zero, it might as well be zero, but it never is zero. And books, any kind of creation, all, I think anything we make, like I said, speed of light, entropy, anything we create 
it's always going to be never quite perfect. It's always going to be approaching. You're, and, you know, and you can work it and work it and work it and get it approaching, approaching, approaching. But you're never going to get it quite there because, I don't know, we lived in a flawed universe. Um, it's just the way it is. So what you have to do is you have to learn to recognize where, where you're close, where that asymptote is, right? So how do you know? Practice. And I know you don't want to hear that, especially when you're a newbie writer. I didn't want to hear it when I was a newbie writer because the one thing you feel like you don't have is time. But, and that's what it takes is it just takes a lot of time and working and reworking. And it can be frustrating because um, agents and editors have this really annoying habit. It's one of my least favorite things that they do is they'll say, don't send your work out before it's ready. Only send me your best work. I always hear it in that voice too. And, and I'm always like, fuck you. <laughs> because what did you think that I decided? Hmm. I think I'll send my dream agent this crappy work. <laughs> I'm not going to send her my best work. I'm going to send her something really shitty. <laughs> no, of course nobody does that. But when you're newer, you're not really capable of recognizing, um, when something is the quality that they think it should be. And opinions differ. You might think something's done and they think it's rough. Um, and again, this is just something that you learn over time is to recognize when something is rough and when it's polished. And so while I wish I could give you an easy answer, I wish that there was a mathematical formula where you could, um, I mean, wouldn't that be cool if there was like some sort of litmus test? Many science and math metaphors today. There was some sort of lit litmus test, right? You know, like you could run the strip, the pH strip over your document and be like, oh, well, it's it's on the blue end of the spectrum. It's, it's close to done. Um, the meat thermometer. <laughs> there, there's no measure uh, because art is subjective and because... Opinions. Yeah, well, that's subjective, right? Opinions differ. There are some things that are concrete. Are you free of grammatical flaws and typos and that sort of thing? Otherwise, how do you know when it's done? You just have to go with the internal meat thermometer. There is an analogy for you. There is an internal meat thermometer uh, that basically tells you this thing is done. And you're going to stop working on it now. And we all do that. Every single one of us, no matter how experienced, there's a point at which you have to say, I'm walking away, walking away from this thing. And I mean, there are wonderful examples of, for example, uh, Robin McKinley has done a Beauty and the Beast story twice. And she says that's because she felt like the first Beauty and the Beast story she wrote, she didn't get it right. And she wanted to write it again. And she's said that she's not happy with that second version. And she wants to write, she, she'd like to go back and do one more because she feels like she still didn't get it. So instead of sitting on that first book and keeping it forever and retooling and retooling and retooling, instead she gave it over. And in, this is one thing that trad deadlines will do for you is there's a point at which you have to give it over. 
<laughs> when, if your uh, editor threatens to come to your house and wrestle it from your cold, dead hands, that's when you have to hand it over. Um, but as far as satisfying that internal meat thermometer, which is kind of a gross analogy, sorry, but it does work for me. Um, you know, there's a point at which you, you just have to decide that you are going to let it go. And as Robin McKinley did realize that you can always write another, another book later. You can always, there are always more books to write. So I feel like I never gave a good answer to my mentee's question. I feel like I still haven't. Um, but, you know, this idea of having a finished book sitting around is not earning you money. Um, first of all, you have to get to the point of it being a finished book. <clears throat> One thing you can do is you can give it to people to read. And a lot of times that means uh, reading their stuff in return and giving them honest answers. But ask people is this done? You know, we're, we're on the scale of, um, you know, are, am I even at medium rare yet? <laughs> is it still wrong? Is it still wrong? Uh, and yes, it's entirely possible to get to overcooked. Um, there are sometimes when works are just overworked, which is another reason to step away, step away before it's like so dry and tough that nobody wants it. Did I just confuse you further? Um, I don't know. Ask me questions. We could talk about it. I will remind you all that First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network, and you will find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all on Monday. Have a fabulous weekend doing the things you love to do. You all take care. Bye-bye.